What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Done. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that shotgun set. Three receivers left. Here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Great entity. Caught ball, Evans. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record a thousand yards or more in his first seven seasons and won a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Again, I'm looking again. Those up the middle. That's intercepted at the 30. Derek Brooks 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Those toward the end. Battle of Intercepted. Picked off at the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White. What a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. Welcome in to the Salty Dogs podcast, everyone. I'm Scott Smith. And I am Jeff Ryan. We're the Salty Dogs. We are not salty today. Yeah, but, um, you know, we always have to maintain our saltiness to some degree. Oh, we may have to change the name of the show. Yeah, we, we don't want to do that. We'd be sweetness. Uh, now. That's Walter Payton. That's true. Um, but you're the man of the year in my book, Jeff. Why? Oh, <laughs> I didn't realize that until we were at lunch. I'll let you, um, so I can lean back and gloat. What, what are you talking about? You said I'm the man of the year. Yeah. Because I said 10 wins and we got 10 oh, wins. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I reminded you and I even told John Spitek when I was talking to him. And I gave you credit. Yeah. For uh, predicting that the Bucks would get 10 wins this season now. I hope I am wrong. Right. You hope that's the floor. Yeah. Uh, you, I think when you made that prediction, but you did, you definitely did. I think you meant 10 and seven record in the regular season. That's what I thought. But it doesn't matter. We got there. Yeah. That's the important thing. Well, I, I just felt that watching training camp and when we started doing this, I just felt this, I kind of felt that some of the veteran players that were here were being disrespected. Well, you could tell by the things Carlton Davis said that yeah. that was true. And I and I totally believe that, and that they were being disrespected. And I understand that the greatest player, or I should say probably the greatest quarterback that ever played the game, was no longer with us. But that being said, he was one of many. And um, I'm happy. I'm happy for this team because they really seem to have bonded over that. And that's a plus. You got to bond over something, so why not that? You always want to be that nobody believes in us team. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to win, yeah, for it to really bring the team together. If you start out as the nobody believes in us team and you start winning, that's when you get that tight bond. Mm-hmm. I think too, and you want to stay that way. You like being underdogs at this point. Yeah, I think it's kind of weird when you look back at the season how it started. You know, three and one, and then you know that 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 slump of six out of seven. But staying together, that, I mean, when you're winning, we, you and I both know when you're winning, everybody's all in. Everybody's happy. Yeah, everybody's your best friend. But, uh, and there really wasn't any finger pointing. There wasn't any, you know, and we've seen that too in our careers. And and there was a, the, the continued message during that slump was, we, we're there, we're, we're close, we know what's wrong, we know we can fix it, we've just got to stop doing this and this and this. And... That's something that a lot of coaches will say, and a lot of teams may believe, and it may not be true. Right. You know, they, maybe you're just a bad team. Well, yes. But 
this team has proven they were they meant it. They knew what they were talking about when they said that. Mm-hmm. We've won six of our last seven now. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? It's uh, it's good to peak at the right time, as we learned in 2020. Well, I hope we haven't peaked. I hope we're on peaking. the peaking. Yes, yes. we're peaking, yeah. like we did in 2020. Yeah. This one's been a little bit less of a steady it rise, though, because that team won their last eight and mm-hmm. really just was like each game they were better and better and better, especially in the playoffs, right? Yeah. The, the New Orleans game was better than the Washington now, game. The Green now, Bay game was better than the New Orleans game. Yeah. And then the Super Bowl topped it all off. I, I feel our defense is starting to jive. Yeah. Really? I, I really um, – That's a, a lot of swarmingness to uh, to how – you know, it's not one guy, it's – one touchdown and one field goal allowed in the last two games. I saw Levante David in the lunchroom, and I was and I we were talking briefly, and um, I said, "What a great tackle!" And he goes, "Which one are you talking about?" Which one? About? <laughs> yeah, and I went, "Well, yeah, you're right. There's so many." I said, "You know, the one down by the goal line," and, and I said, "I had to watch it like three times to figure out." Where you were? Oh, you talking about the brotherly shove? No, no, I'm talking about the one where he got him in. It looked like he was going to break loose, probably about the seven yard line. Maybe that's oh. what it was. And he, and it looked like there's going to be a big play, and he kind of scrunched down and hid, and then he popped out. Oh, when wow. I find the play, I'll show it to you because it was interesting. I said I had to watch it a few times just to see where you were, <laughs> and he said I hid. I Did go he really? what? He goes, yeah, I crunched down and kind of got myself hidden. Really? Yeah, which I thought was very, very I've interesting. Never heard of that I hadn't before. either. I hadn't either. Do you know what part of the game this was? Because I don't remember this. It was very. It was down. Well, it, it was near our goal line. It was our, yes, yes. So they didn't get there very often. No. so I should be able to find. Yeah. Them. And uh, it was. It looked like a pass, and it looked like it was gonna. He was gonna break out. Um, Did he cause a fumble at the time? No. No, so it wasn't just that made right. a uh, loss. It was really solid. So it wasn't before they got their touchdown. No. I probably should have looked at it exactly <laughs> when it happened. Well, that I think the only help. times they got close were the the only time they got inside the. Yeah, this is a great podcasting. Well, no, it's it, you don't need to. You, we don't need to find it exactly. You just, I'm just saying that. It was it was a play that stood out to me, and I just thought it was an interesting comment. That I know. I just made. wish I could remember it. Yeah. Well, there there were so many good plays that it, they got in our red zone twice. Mm-hmm. But um, well, actually, uh, it, it was more. It was it was on their side. Of, it was their side of the field. I'm sorry. That's my bad. a big difference. Yeah. Well, where you're headed, yes, yes. But it was a major stop. All right, I'm was, not going to look now. Yeah, stop. That's why. Just, well, I mean, you gave me total misinformation. Twice. Well, I thought I had to think for a second. Yeah, Sorry. That's not your strong suit. No, it's not. It's not. My bad. All right. Two things that I, I like to do up front, and I don't want to forget. Uh, right. You can send us questions. We got a decent amount this week. You can send us questions uh, that we will address here, or, or rants, or comments, or you know, compliments to me um, in particular, uh, to saltydogs at buccaneers.nfl.com. Okay. Okay. We're going to get those questions in a bit, but right. uh, I just wanted to put that near the top. And then the other thing, I, I wanted to ask you what was your favorite thing you saw yesterday uh, or heard or witnessed or experienced? Uh, stopping the tush-push, the brotherly shove, the play that I hate because I think you could call <laughs> so many different penalties on it. But it's not going away. But fact I've, is. Yeah, I've, I, th- I heard some people say that there could have been a penalty on us on that uh, Yeah, but the way that game was going, apparently, um, 
I don't know. It's a hard go with a face mask. I mean, Devin, twice. Yeah. I, Two I, of them weren't called. I mean, I'm not criticizing. I'm, I understand how it could get missed. And so if it got missed there, too, Just so try not to get fined, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. I feel like face masks should be one of the easiest calls to make because it's such a uh, such a violent movement of their head. You're like, how else would that have happened? I think, yeah. Well, that's what Dave said. Dave goes, it's a pretty easy call when the there guy's go. head's going sideways. <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> abruptly, yeah, uh, that happened. To, <coughs> excuse me. That's I right. think that happened to Kev, uh, Devin twice. Yeah, it did. Um, that's a really good choice. I guess uh, Todd has now stopped it twice, right? Because didn't we stop yeah, we, it once? Correct. In the, was that in week three? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Todd, though, before the game, uh, in the week before the game, was saying, yeah, he's like, how do you, they were, he was asked, how do you stop it? And he was like, hey, if I knew that, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'd be retired. <laughs> I'd share with everybody. But I did also, like you said, how do you do that? Don't put them in that situation. Yeah. So and they didn't get there very often. No. They, um, I think the key to stopping that play is having Vita Vea. That's, oh, no question. If you're, if you're strategizing how to stop it, your, your first step should be to have Vita Vea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like, he's like a groundhog, you know what I mean? Just, <laughs> a big one. A, or, a big groundhog. Maybe it'd be a wild boar. There's a lot of wild boars in Florida where they do. That's true, they, actually. They do. So, I've seen them before. Yes. Have you they're ever very, had it? They're very interesting. Have I've you ever tasted it? No, but I've, oh, I've seen good. them. Oh, they're very good. They're a little gamey. Okay, they're I'm sitting gamey. here thinking of how interesting it is to see these uh, animals in the wild, and you're thinking about eating them. Well, how else do you survive? Well, you don't have to eat wild boars. There's plenty of other meats available to you. But what's the difference? It's just you're there just isn't. used I'm to just that. saying when oh. I think of you oh. bring up wild boars, I think, oh, yeah, I saw them out in this park, and it was oh. really cool, and they're, like, digging in the dirt, and you're like, I want to eat them. Well, no, I, I have eaten them. They're, they're very... And you apparently liked it. It was so good, yes. So you do want to eat them. Yes. Okay. I'll go with that. Okay. All right. Okay, my favorite thing is um, was all of the... Interesting defensive alignments that Todd Bowles broke up. I have to say that's a good one. I think this was a master class in coaching. I mm. think the Bucks coaches completely outcoached the Eagles coaches in that game. Um, Todd, first off, right to start the game, he breaks out that six-man line. Crazy, right? And we're up there in the press box, and I'm talking to the guys in communication, and and we're all going like, what, what are we doing here? Do we have six linemen? What's going on here? Because it was a little like, this doesn't look, doesn't this doesn't look, look right. right. Only one safety on the field. Fortunately, it's like the best safety in the world. But only one safety on the field and uh, and six down linemen. So you're giving up something there. You're giving up some coverage ability, right? Right. Because the guy you're losing is a and, defensive back. And that's what that's what Todd said in his presser today, that it's the passing game. They were well, looking at, hey, you're going to have to beat us that way. Yeah. So I think – Coaches, and especially this staff, often say going into games, our first job is to stop the run, make them one-dimensional. Yep. It's kind of a thing you say about every game. But I, th- I think in this one in particular, it's pretty clear from our approach that we knew job number one had to be to stop the run. Yeah. And they ran for 201 yards on us in the last game. Mm-hmm. Couldn't stop them at all. Uh, this time? What forty two yards? Yeah, I saw that, and 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 the passing yards weren't much better. Well, right, because you made them one dimensional, and and the the blitzes worked as they've been working against Jalen Hurts all, all season. Constantly blitzing. Yeah, we blitzed a ton. That's 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 the mo when you're playing the Eagles. You know, one of the things having Shaq Barrett back, his numbers might not be jumping out, but boy, is he disruptive. 
I thought he had a really good game. Yeah, his, def- his numbers definitely don't jump out because no. he didn't have any. Right. He's, his name does not appear on the stat page. But but when you watch the game, you can see him yeah. being disruptive. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, we did that. We we put Zion McCollum in, like, a bunch of different spots. Yeah. He was safety. He was a slot. He was corner. Um, Got to show his brother how to play football. Yeah, that's pretty cool, right? <laughs> his brother was elevated it, for that game, right? He was. His twin brother, as his a matter His twin brother, Tristan. Yes. And they, they swapped shirts. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, that was kind of cool. They really don't have to wait for a game day to do that, though. Well, but they were game-worn jerseys, did I he, think. Did Tristan I don't know play? If he, I don't know if he did or not. I don't believe he did. Maybe he didn't. Oh, yeah, he did. He did. He did. He, he played. Was. He played. Well, Number see, 36. So they got to swap their own game day jerseys. That's pretty That's cool. That's pretty cool. Very cool. Uh, it looks like he played 23 snaps on special teams, which is a lot. That was almost mm-hmm. all of them. So that's neat. Yeah. Tristan and Zion McCollum, twin brothers. Uh, he had a good game. Zion. Yes. Yeah. Another one that it's not like huge in the in the um, no. box score. And so he had three tackles, I think. Um, the the Anthony Nelson created safety, which is yes. a bummer uh, that you don't get credit yeah, for that, right? No. If he just if if Jalen just doesn't do the desperation heave, that's definitely going to draw a penalty. I guess then you get credit for a sack yeah. and a safety, and I, you get two points. I don't think I don't. There's no such thing as in the grasp anymore, is there? Well, he was he was pulling them down at the time. That's like, what I'm the saying. The play hadn't been stopped. Though. Oh, okay. I don't know. I you don't ever hear that called anymore. No, you don't. You don't. Uh, so it just becomes a a penalty. Uh, that penalty that occurs in the end zone, just like a holding in the end zone, is, is a safety, and everybody gets to make the fun yeah, sign with the hands over the head. I'm an Egyptian. I think I think I saw Levante do it first as he was walking past when they were making the call. Yep. And. Uh, you miss my joke. But you walk like an Egyptian. Yeah. By the Bengals. Right. Okay. Continue. I didn't miss it. I just didn't you acknowledge didn't, it. You didn't appreciate it. But they did. Uh, so you don't get, you know, the three points go to the team. Yeah. Not to one particular player. But still, what was in, what was interesting about that play, and the reason I brought it up is, because uh, you were talking about Zion McCollum. Uh-huh. Uh, that play was snapped at like the 14-yard line. Yeah. And he... He retreated at one point. He he had a event, originally had a decent time in the pocket, but never found anybody. Find that play. Find find that series. And then he retreated into the end zone, and was uh, and was then he still couldn't find anybody to throw to, which uh-huh. is how there was enough time for Anthony Nelson to get to him. Yeah, I'm I'm just curious about the series of of um, downs on there. What how it. How it went. Okay. Uh, it was only a three-play possession. Okay. So we had punted down. Jake Camarda's numbers don't punt off the page, but all three of his punts were down inside yep. the 20. So sometimes you can't get 60-yard punts because you're punting from, like, the 45 or something, right? So he got them all fair caught, I think, in, inside the 20. This one was fair caught at the 10. And then the first play was Levante. Was this the one you're talking about? I, that's why I all of a sudden it, it was like click. He got Gainwell in the backfield for a loss of six. That's the play. This is the one. That's the one. Okay. That's why when you started talking about it, it kind of came back to me. That's why okay. I asked you to look at that. I, c- I can picture that play yeah. now. Um, he kind of submarine. But I didn't know that part. He gets. He, it's neat. You if you try to if you try <laughs> to follow him, you can't. I'm gonna look at it on, on yeah, next gen when you we're should, done here because it is. It, I, 
like I said, I looked at it three times, and I actually was like, okay, let me see where he's lined up, and let me follow him. And he kind of, and he does he disappear. just disappears. It's and a, I didn't it's a magic think, act. Yeah, I didn't think about it until he brought it up. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Ah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you just said that. So then the second play was a ten yard pass to Goddard. Mm-hmm. So they're back to the fourteen. It's yeah. third and six. And like I said, he retreats in the end zone. Still can't find anybody to throw to, and that gives Anthony Nelson time to get to him. And that is what they talk about when they talk about rush and coverage yeah. working together. Yep. The Bucks pass rush for a good portion of the season has been, you know, mm. eh, yeah. eh, right? Mm. Nobody's really blown the doors off. Yeah, yeah, I gave you more than you expected. No. When you were thinking pass rush, the Bucks weren't jumping up on the page on you. Yeah, and we got a lot of it by um, blitzing and bringing exotic guys. We had, like, nine different guys have four sacks. Uh-huh. So, you know, Antoine Winfield, Devin White, it's not just straight up rush four guys and get a lot of sacks because that has, hasn't really been the case. Right. And I don't think you can suddenly expect that to happen. So, A, Todd Bowles needs to and, of course, will because it's in his DNA, continue to be creative with how he brings pass rushers. And, B, if the coverage is good. And so when you put Zion out there in one spot or another with Carlton and with Jamel, now you have your three best cover guys on the field at the same time. Yeah. And so that's why they want to keep him in there, and that's that's what happened on that play. The coverage was really good. That whole series was great, and it it, it made a big difference too. That those two points, of course, it was nerve wracking before that. The, you know, it you, the um, the tush push that you know they first of all they get the point, and they get well, you know, we can get two. Yeah, because there was they, a penalty on the bus, and then they didn't get any. That was huge because it was a seven point game then. They, they needed to, to take the lead. And then this one added to it was uh, pretty special because well, it became more than one possession. Philly actually took points off the board twice. Because remember, they kicked that field goal on fourth and ten. Oh, right, 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 right. Uh, it was fourth and ten. Now, this is unusual a little bit to me because where was it? It was the third quarter, maybe. There's still a decent amount of time left in the game. Yeah, when he just when he elected not to go, well, he was going for going well fourth and tens. Yeah, you know that's mm. okay. So it was fourth and it was third and twenty one, and they got eleven yards to make it fourth and ten. Right. They're they're losing at this point, um, twenty five to nine. I say you got to go for it. Well, well no, they, that's true because if you get twelve, it's still early. Yeah, it's still early in the game. There's still thirteen minutes left when they kick that field. In twelve the, minutes in the fourth in the fourth quarter, quarter okay. but. Um, I mean, you're not likely coming back anyway, so you can argue, go for it or well, yeah, because if you kick the field goal, right? And I mean, how many possessions do you think you're going to get with 12 minutes left on the clock? Well, in in that case, you're playing optimistically, and you're thinking your your offense is going to. I mean, your Your defense defense is going to stop you. But they didn't, though. The Buccaneers put together a six minute drive after that and scored again. Yeah, I know that's. But uh, so they took the they get, we committed a penalty. I think Zion jumped off sides. They t- it became fourth and five now, uh, and they, okay, we're going, going for it. Going for and it. then Carlton broke yeah. up the pass. So. Yeah, that was great. great uh, it was a nice sequence. But they took four points off the board, which is you know I guess in a thirty-two nine game that's not that big of a deal in the long run. Well, but before then though, if, if that would have given them what thirteen, so they would have only been at that point. Uh, two, uh, two possessions away from taking the lead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were still only two possessions down because they could have gotten two touchdowns and two eight-point two eight conversions. That would be nice. Uh, another part of the game that I thought, uh-oh, was coming to the end of the second quarter where uh, the Bucks couldn't move the ball. 
and uh, yeah. all the timeouts. Yeah, yeah. And Philadelphia was going to have a chance to score and then get the ball back yes. in the third quarter. Correct. So right there, I thought, okay, yep. this is going to be a big turning point. And it was because the Bucks stopped them. Uh, I, I could not possibly agree more, maybe with anything you've said really? this entire season. Wow, this is like playoff time. <laughs> I commonly do not necessarily agree with you. I could not agree more on this one because the Buccaneers came out doing well. Yep. Right? They scored on each of their first four drives. But damn it, field goal, yes. first possession. Yeah. Come on, man. Still, but we got one more shot now. Come on, man. So it's those type of games, and I know every fan out there has experienced this before. You're you're dominating. You really are. We were dominating. And then you look at the scoreboard, and it's like, oh, man, it's only 16 to Yeah, and 16 nine. to 9, and you're thinking you're letting them hang around. This is an explosive team. And they did. They showed one play that was very explosive. They did have that one big play yeah. down the middle of the field. That was about it, though. Um, so you think, okay, it's six. You, you kick that last, that third field goal of the first half, and it's uh -huh. sixteen to three, and they're going to get the ball back. There's five minutes left, and you're like, man, they're going to do this thing where they score, and then they'll it'll be sixteen ten. Then they get the ball first, and next thing you know, we could be losing this game, uh, right? Because we are not getting the ball in the end zone, right? So I agree. They did score. Failed on the touch push, so it's 16-9. And you, you're talking about this. They get the ball back with 133 left. Now, they're back to ball eight, they're nine. Mm -hmm. So, thank you for that, Jake Camarda. Yeah. Uh, we almost got a fumble on that play. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's ir that irritated me because generally if, you, if you're the return man and you drop the ball and it goes forward like five yards, the other team's going to recover. Yeah, you usually don't get it. No. He, he got it back and that irritated me. Talk. <laughs> but like you said, then we, they got one first down, they got another first down. And they're at the, uh, they're at their own thirty-two, but they've used their last timeout at this point. Right. And, and then we stopped them. And Levante had a couple of nice plays in that stretch as well. And on a sidebar, there, you you kept the crowd into it. Had that happened, you could have had a shift yeah. there. Yeah, because there the, was a, yeah. the energy level was very high at Raymond James Stadium. It's been a it's been a little bit, but that's playoff atmosphere. And when your team is performing well, the uh, the crew was able to get involved and uh, hang in there. And I'm sure everyone was like, oh, boy, oh, boy. But defensively, they did what they needed to do. Yeah, my wife was at the game, and she said – she texted me early on in the game and said, the, the atmosphere out here is electric. Yeah, those flags have a tendency they to do, do that. Isn't it? I think and that's it, why the yeah, Glazers always do that. Can I, you know, I think – I've been thinking about this. Here's okay. my theory. All right. You're at the game – you're being, you're really excited. You're, you know, high fiving your buds or whatever. You're cheering. Okay, but if you got a flag in your hand and you can wave it, it just seems like it gives you more power to show your enthusiasm. You okay, know, you know what I mean? No, it's a reasonable theory. And so when you see that going, and then the other around you, and we're all going, mm -hmm. and then you see how cool it looks. Right. Gotta love it. That's and I, and I have to say, hey, the, the 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 pyrotechnics outside the stadium were awesome. They're fireworks, mm -hmm, you know. Yeah. It was a good show. And you know what the best part was? The whole night. The whole night. And it didn't I didn't rain. There you go. <laughs> I love it when you have a job and you don't have to be right at all. <laughs> you like this? All rant. they kept saying was rain, rain, rain. Now I must admit, in fairness. We were watching our radars on our phone, and we were looking and looking, and we figured, ah, about 8.15, whatever. It went south of us, yeah. which was 
Awesome. But at the house going home last night when I got it, it had rained at the house. So let me ask, is this true? Because I've heard this before, that when a meteorologist says is on the TV and saying there's a 70 percent chance of rain tonight, that means it's definitely going to rain in 70 percent of the area that he's speaking to. That's what I have understood. Okay, so we just got lucky. Yes. There was rain in the area. It there didn't was rain. go to Raymond James. Now, most people think a 70% chance of rain is you have a 70% chance there's going to just be rain. Wherever you are. Wherever you are. But it is, and, and we've had arguments about this, and people make fun of me, and they no longer work in this building, but they used to make fun <laughs> of me. For that reason. For that reason. Because <laughs> they're, they're under the they're yeah, because, dirt now. Yeah. No, I was. They're taking dirt naps. Yeah. Because I, because I said, no, it's. Just out it's, here whacking people. It, it's how much. The percent of the area that will experience that's what rain. i've heard yes 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 I, I mean i suppose a quick google search could let us know but well I don't feel like you know it. it's it's weather so you don't have to be always if we right. have any meteorologists who listen to our show could know. you email us i gave the address sure at the top could and you email us and tell us how close we are to accuracy on Maybe this we issue we should talk to um uh our folks over at wfla we could do that but it would be just as much fun to have well that's true that's like true. for instance when we get to the emails today mm-hmm. um I, if you recall, I asked for a piece of information. Oh, you did on and, a word. And I, I asked a specific person who has written us before, who I had mistakenly thought was an English teacher. Uh-huh. Um, he did know the answer, but like two or three other people also oh, good. also emailed in good. to tell me. So we'll get to that. I am excited. I wasn't too far off. All right, but you were off. I was wrong. <laughs> I figured it out during the podcast uh, last week. Well, that's when I said. <laughs> Even if I said it right, I'm not sure you would know what the word. Whoa. I will say, I will say, I had the definition correct. Nice. Okay. All right. Um, man, I've lost it now. Okay, we were talking about the weather and the best part. It didn't rain. Yeah, that was. What you and said. that that was great because it was a great experience for everyone. Well, maybe not so much for the Eagles, but it was a great experience <laughs> or their fans or their fans. Yeah. Um, we were talking about the great job of of design of defense that uh-huh. Todd Bowles and his people did put together for this game. On the other side, I mean, I think Dave Canales was on a heater, man. Oh, I think he was killing it last night. He was so on and it was unfortunate because the execution wasn't there. The play was there to happen. The yes. execute and that's when you It hear, did happen. It enough. It did. But there was a lot of points left on the board. On the floor. On the field. <laughs> on the field. <laughs> on the field. We're talking about the drop passes, which mm-hmm. were were something you'd really be bemoaning right now if you'd lost that game. I will say this, and I don't know how it is. You get Mike Evans in traffic with all the craziness in the world and he can catch the ball. <laughs> and it just seems like when it falls right in his hands, the craziest things ever happen. And you know what? Well, he I'm catches the, most of them. Ex- and I'm not dogging him of at all. Of course not. Because the man will go, I should have caught that. That's just how he is. But Drops uh, are something that's going to happen when you're an NFL wide yeah. receiver. Nobody goes through season but, without dropping Right. Pass. Now, in that possession, as mad as you might have been or upset, I, maybe mad's not the word, upset, like, oh, gosh, we missed out. Well, two plays later. Two plays later, David Moore yeah. makes a makes a touchdown. So you didn't really end up losing those yards because no. you David Moore wouldn't have had that play. Correct. But still, Baker Mayfield. That was kind of a killer, though, throw. You know, I mean, that was like a, a dagger. Like, yeah, that was like, ooh. Would say. What, he, what, what, what would the score have been then? That would have jumped it to 10. You talk about the one where Dave Moore scored right yeah. two plays. Well, it didn't yeah. make any difference because we scored. We scored. Okay. Um yeah, Baker did what uh, – I think he did a great job of doing what Dave Canales was saying he wanted him to do at the beginning of the season and throughout the season. Take 
the easy stuff yep. when it's given to you, uh-huh. but also take your shots when it's the right time. Yep. And he did both of those things, and he did it well, just the ball wasn't caught a couple times. Mm-hmm. So it was a great game for Baker, but mm-hmm. getting back to Dave, I mean, some of those calls were fabulous. They I were. mean, what about the fourth and one play? Yep. With the unbalanced line. Yeah. And it looks like it's going to be a run up the gut, and then it's kind of a pitch the yep. opposite way you're expecting. Easy gets around the corner for Rashad. Beautiful play design. And just not only the play designs, but the the sequencing yeah, of his calls. It. Yeah. No, but, the, but of all the calls. Yeah. I thought Dave I thought Dave Canales had a fantastic Don't talk night. so highly of him. Jeez. <laughs> is this where you're going to do your rant about how two weeks ago he no. should be fired? And... No. Well, you know he is interviewing. Well, as well he should. As well. Just one so far, right? Yeah. Okay. But the... um, you, it, it's never easy to say what you'd like to have happen there because you want him to have the success he wants in his life. Yeah. But you also would like to have him here. Right? Correct. Because I think this offense can do even more with a year under their belt next year. Well, in theory, yes. And another offseason yeah. to hone things. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. As long as you have the same cast. Now, we still have to sign No, oh, We still have to sign Baker I, and Mike. I don't even want to think about that. I want to wait till the end of the yeah, year yeah, to, that's to fair. worry about that. That's fair. You know, right now, enjoy this five days. Is it five days? At, at this day. point, it is. Yeah. Um, enjoy the five Short days. Week. Short week. Enjoy the five days and, and then – Let's see what happens on Sunday. But I, I, I did like also uh, Todd talking about Baker Mayfield and saying that Baker's having fun. He can tell he's having fun. He's relaxed. Um, did you see the video of him um, getting water? Did you see that video? Oh, that sounds thrilling. Okay. Getting water? You ready? He's got the water bottle, just like this one. Nobody can see you. I know, me. but you can see it, right? I this can is see a it. water bottle with a little squirt top, okay? And he goes. Is that mine or yours? This is yours. Okay. And he goes. Get to your ta- filthy paws off. He goes to take a drink, like you, w- the way players do it. They is squirt they, it. They, they squirt it, right? Bobby Slater, the head trainer, is standing next to him, and Baker goes like this. <laughs> <laughs> Major, right in his face. Right in his face. Okay. It's it, it, look, you'll find it. I'll well, find it. Yes. It's it's all over. What I like. Do you look at social media other than your own stuff? Not a lot. Oh, okay. Um, I, unless it's called to my attention, uh-huh. like you're doing now. It it is it is classic. It oh. was actually I think the NFL sent it out. It was it was classic. It's funny. And I, it just happened last night. I watch TikTok sometimes. Do you? Yeah. I don't. There's some good stuff on yeah. there. And it, it, it learns what you like and keeps giving uh, you more of it. Yeah, that's scary. Um <laughs> so um, yeah, so Baker is, is and I and like what Todd said today, was he came in here and he didn't need to do anything. He just needed to drive the car, yeah. not replace Todd the said engine. said we already had the car. Yeah. We, I, don't, we don't need you to replace the engine. We just need you to drive it. I love that. It was a good analogy. Yeah. He kind of fleshed it out, too. He didn't just leave it hanging there. He uh-huh. kind of finished the whole analogy. Uh, I liked at the end of um, when the first quarter came to an end, and so there was going to be a break, and they switched sides. Yeah. Baker came off the field, like, pumping up the crowd. Yeah. 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 I mean, he was feeling it, I think, from the beginning. I think he likes it when you say, no, you can't. (laughs) And he certainly is showing, yes, I can. And he is showing that in the right environment, he's going to be okay. Yeah. And you talk about a guy that bet on himself, and I know you can't bet because we're NFL people, but he believed in himself 
and it's certainly he's hitting incentives all over the place. I know, isn't that awesome? And, you know, uh, last week's game was a million dollars. This week, I but, think it was two fifty. I've been meaning to run into Mike Greenberg and ask uh, him if these are LTBEs or NLTBEs. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. When you have incentives in your contract, for the purposes of how they count against the cap, uh-huh. they are classified into two types. LTBEs are likely to be earned, and NLTBEs are not likely to be earned. Oh. If you if you have a what's deemed an LTBE in your in your salary in your um, contract for this year, then that has to be accounted for against the cap. Right. You can't just not count it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's an NLTBE, it's not counted against this year's cap, but if it's earned, it's counted against next year's cap. Okay. So it's uh, – I'm curious of how many of these were considered NLTBEs for him because some of them – That's a good question. Some It was like top 10 in um, passing yards, uh-huh. top 10 in, in touchdown passes, um, or top five in the, in the conference, I think. And then – uh, I think getting over four thousand yards, maybe. Yeah, and then winning, getting them into the playoffs. Yeah, winning the playoffs, a playoff yeah. game. Yeah, and it's be curious to know if those playoff ones were considered in LTBEs or not. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> you know, since there wasn't yeah. a lot of optimism around the Bucks outside of this building right. before the year, right. those might have been considered in LTBEs, which means the reckoning comes next year. They're not big enough to really be a salary cap problem right. but it's great for the guy yeah now, what's he earned like two and a half million at this point yeah and there's still possible more there's, with every there, win there's much much more to become and we all want baker to get all that money yeah and straight through the super bowl i will say i will say he from the andrew and i were talking about andrew in uh, communications in communications PR, whatever you want to call it. we were we were talking about this him uh him being baker mayfield and another guy that's no longer with us in in Dominican Sue, you have a perception of what that person is, but then yeah. when you meet them, you find out how cool they this really are. This is one are. of my favorite topics. And and just and with Baker, he's been the same since the day he walked in the door. Just a, a treat to be around, 100%. and and love his humor. Totally get yeah. his humor. Yeah. He- uh, this is one of my favorite topics, and I, I hesitate to dive too deep into it because if you listen to this podcast a lot, you probably don't want me to hear me re- be re- hear me repeating the same things over and over again. Um, but just for anybody that maybe hasn't heard us discuss, this sure. Before, well, you always have to remember there's some new there's ears. new listeners. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite experiences in this job through the years has been exactly what you're talking about there. That. You a guy comes in here that's already got an established, say, reputation mm-hmm. or way that you feel about him, and he gets here, and he's nothing like what you expected. And the examples I always love to use are Joey Galloway, yep. who maybe it's because he got traded for two first-round picks or something out of Seattle. You, the receiver, you think, oh, here's another prima donna. Couldn't be farther from the truth. Right. Completely down to earth. Wonderful guy. Talk to everybody, Right. Yeah, I love Joey Gallo. No, still do. Um, and Chris Sims. Yeah, who's a fabulous dude. You know who else was a pretty good guy? And I was yeah, Darrell Revis. I didn't really get to know him. I got to know him. Did a radio show with him. Uh-huh. We did a radio show with okay. him. Okay. And uh, my perception of him when he came in here, I was like, oh man, not couldn't. Not at all. Huh? But I will say there are people who I thought, oh, this guy's going to be really cool and. Not so much. <laughs> but we won't name names on no. that side of it. So no. Baker is squarely in that category. Yes. And and, and and I didn't have a negative opinion of it. No. But I didn't have, I mean, there's certainly people who think he, it, it, who, like um, the receiver's dad in Cleveland. 
one of the uh, Odell Beckham's dad. Yes, there are clearly people yeah. that, that had poor opinions of him, mm-hmm. and I could, I think it's fair having met him sure. that he has a cockiness to his game, yeah. which is what you want in a quarterback, right? Uh, especially if they can back it up. Um, so I wouldn't have been surprised if Baker came in here and he was like. Good quarterback. We're glad he's here, but you know he's standoffish uh-huh. or right. or humorless. He's not any of those things. He's very, very personable and easy to deal with, and he's funny, like you said. I can't remember who, which one of our kickers was with him in Cleveland. Which one were our kickers? or was it or was it in um, Carolina? One Chase. Maybe it was Chase. Anyways, he walks by him the first day of uh, training camp and he walks by him and he goes, I still don't like you, (laughs) (laughs) but he was kidding. He was kidding. Of course, but it was funny when he did it, which I I appreciate that kind of humor because I have, I kind of have that kind of humor, but I will say this about Baker. Um, The way he was out of college, you know, when you're 21, 22 years old, you're not gonna be the same when you're 27, especially if you get bounced around and your whole life is in, in the public eye, like his was. And, you, you learn know, life lessons. Yeah, and and they, I saw a thing. He's had like eight head coaches yeah, yes. in his career, yes. five different offensive coordinators. So you know, I I think you you know you find the stability, and you know it's always your fault, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? You're the number one pick. You're supposed to be the savior of a franchise. That's the difference between going where he went in the beginning with the Browns to where he's here, where the car was already built. Yeah, that's that's where yeah, Coach which, started with that. He's see, like, I he's not a number one guy, number one pick coming in here expected to be the savior. Right, right. So it, Chase McLaughlin did, was, okay. was the Browns so, kicker in 2020. All right, that's what he said. He walked by him and said, I still don't like that. That's pretty funny. <laughs> it's good stuff. But we need to give Baker Mayfield his due. Forget all this stuff about yeah. how we like the guy. That's fine. People out there probably don't care. As a player, this season – Give Baker his due. Yep. Just he's a football player. Don't don't look at the numbers and write him off. No. He's a top ten passer in the league this year. Crazy, right? Twenty eight touchdown passes, ten interceptions, four thousand yards. Mm-hmm. It's just it's not debatable. He was a top ten passer in the league this year. Yes. Which now is- there's more to playing quarterback, and there's these other stats like EPA and QBR and stuff that I don't know if he's top ten. Uh-huh. Um, but he's certainly had a good season. Let's give this man his due. By the way, he's the first Buccaneers quarterback in playoff history to have 300-plus yards and three touchdown passes in the same game. Yes. Which, I, which, when I saw that note, when the PR put it on their postgame notes, I'm like, come on, that can't be right. Yeah. Todd, Tom never had 303? Wow, you, you questioned the – No, no, I know they're right. Oh. I'm just saying that, that intuitively that seems wrong. See that's funny. I I am uh, I I never um, um, when you tweeted or communications tweeted. I never question it. I just assume it's all good. I I'm not saying I questioned them. I was like, that's crazy. That that doesn't seem possible. Right. I I, I didn't question that it was true. It is. It is kind of three touchdowns, huh? Yeah, three hundred I mean, yards. What, what what did Tom do in the Super Bowl? I guess he didn't have three hundred yards. He probably didn't have to. No. Because the defense was so freaking good in that game, right? Well, yeah, that's a crazy game. That, that. Oh, I can look at his um, I can look at Tom's um game by game logs. Uh huh. See, see how close he got. Which he, is pretty. It's pretty strong. That that would happen. 
it's pretty and strong. It's a, well, what I mean by that is uh, supposedly, you know, no one thought. I was surprised how many people were picking the Eagles over us. Now ESPN, now their game day people, they all picked us, and everyone was worried about that. They did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't watch pregame shows. Yeah, okay, so Tom threw 381 yards against Washington in 2020, but only, only quote-unquote, two touchdowns. He had three touchdowns against both Green Bay and Kansas City, uh-huh. but did not get to 300 yards. Ah. He had 329 yards against the Rams, but only one touchdown. 351 yards against Dallas last year, two touchdowns. So, yeah. Even even when he was with the Patriots, he didn't. No, have no, no. That? This is for the this, Bucks. Oh, this is just for the Bucks. Oh, I'm okay. sure he did that. Right. I see one right here where he had six touchdown passes uh, <laughs> in a win over Denver. Okay. I mean, you, well, I mean, it takes a while to scroll through Tom Brady's game by game postseason log. Right. Not many people have this many, if any. I don't know if any of them do. Uh, mm-hmm. Two of the three. Now, two of the touchdown passes were um, a lot of yak. Mm-hmm. We had we had two hundred ten yak. I always, I always have to t- stop myself from saying yak yards because the Y in yak means yards. Uh-huh. So it's like saying pin number. Oh. When people say pin number because mm-hmm. the N means number. Mm-hmm. So it's redundant. So it should just be pin. It should be pin. Mm-hmm. Unless you want to say like pin number. Personal identification number. Ooh. Which I think is what it stands for. Something like that. Uh, 210 oh, yak. Yeah. That was the most we've had in any game this year. And you, you can picture it. But well, for, first of all, the two long touchdowns were largely yak. And, uh, and, if you listen to the broadcast, they were not really high on the Eagles tackling or effort. Oh, you didn't have to listen to the broadcast. You just had to watch it and go, hey, maybe you want to go ahead and grab that guy. (laughs) On the Trey Palmer one, he first spins away from James Bradbury. Um, That can happen. Yeah. But then there were like three guys there, and he just – I tweeted at the time, he looked like he was shot out of a cannon. Mm -hmm. I mean, that – we saw his speed. And I think I saw a note that he reached his highest speed of the season. Oh, did he? On that play. Um, he's a fast dude, and he just turned on the Jets when he saw that seam and just ran away from everybody. Now, you you saw how well we talked about how well Todd had the d- defensive line set up nicely. And then we've talked about Dave Canales calling a good game. So now what do you do when you're going to face the Lions? Because – they're going to see all of this. Yeah, but so, that, that's what you do, though. You know what they're seeing, and you you prepare things to play off of that. Okay. So okay. you show them something that looks like that. I mean, this is not secret. Everybody yeah. does this. All right. you, you show them things that you know they've seen on tape, but it's not actually the same thing. Uh, it looks hand. like it, but uh, then it becomes something not. else. All right. Like that play we were talking about, fourth and one, with yeah. the unbalanced line. Right. The way we lined up, it looked like some plays we'd run earlier, but we did something different mm-hmm. off of it. I mean... Um, it just depends. It just depends on a couple things. Um, first of all, Detroit's pass defense, like the Eagles, is pretty lowly ranked. Right. Um, I can say all kinds of great things about the Lions, including the fact that they stop the run really well. And there's a million things they do great on offense. Almost all their numbers are top ten. Yeah. Um, but by the numbers, their pass defense is ranked twenty seventh. Pretty close to around where Philadelphia was, about 250 yards allowed per game. And this is the Lions you're talking about. The Lions. It's it's very similar to what we just faced in Philly. Philly, by the numbers, although it wasn't so much at the end of the season, was pretty good against the run, but uh-uh. bad against the pass. Same thing here. And that's why I predict, uh, to me, I think I might have said it on your radio show, I don't know. I felt like Mike and or Chris had to have a big game for us to beat the Eagles mm-hmm. because they stopped our run last time. 
and uh, yeah. and they're vulnerable mm-hmm. on the outside. Yeah. And uh, that didn't really happen. I mean, Mike and Chris, they weren't bad. Chris had a touchdown. They combined for about 95 yards. Right. But it wasn't a huge day for either one. No. And that's because, according to Coach Bowles, they spent a lot of time doubling both those guys or trying to. And so what happens when that happens? You got other guys supposed to be catching the open ball. Open space yep. for the guys that the Eagles aren't as worried about. Kate Otten, mm-hmm. David Moore, Trey Palmer. And and the Bucks. and this is, again, take what they're given. Take the easy stuff. And Baker admittedly didn't do it in Carolina. Right. And we didn't score any touchdowns. Got the win. Mm-hmm. Um, he did it in this game. And that's why Kate Otten had 11 targets, 8 catches, 89 yards, uh, and a lot of yak. Talk about a workhorse. He's always on the field. I mean, my goodness. I'm going to look this up. Casey was asking me this earlier on the radio show. How many How many snaps? I think that? it's probably the most snaps that a tight end's ever played in a season for us. Really? Because there's been two or three times this year where he's played 100% of the snaps in a game, and I searched that uh, using this stat service that uh-huh. I have. And there was only like one other game I could find of a Buccaneer playing that much. Tight end. And then I looked at, like, Rob Gronkowski's number. The very definition of a two-way tight end that you don't want to take off the field. In right. his years with us, he was at about 75% of snap usage. Right. Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. So I don't think we're going to find another tight end that played a higher percentage of a team's offensive snaps in team history. I intend to look it up. I don't think the data goes all the way back to 76. Right. No, it probably So it will probably be an incomplete answer. Right. But, but I would bet a large amount that he has set a record. Nah. Oh, he scratched off another. Well, you brought it up. I had. Okay. I wanted to talk about Otten. Okay, good. Um, no, I have a question. Okay. Do you uh, write these down during the game, or do you? There have been times this year that I've done that because I don't want to forget something. Uh-huh. But in this case, no. This is all stuff I wrote down today. Okay. Just um, curious. Like for instance, you want to take a left. You want to see what I wrote down? Nothing. You got it. That's how this show works, Jeff. That's how we roll. Um, man, if I could have your voice and you could have my uh, note-making ability. Well, I know how to take notes. I just prefer <laughs> to do, you, know, you do the work. But think how good this podcast could be if both people were But prepared. I'm bringing up things that you go, oh, I didn't think about. Like the Levante little story there. Yeah, okay. I, It would have been better if I would have remembered you it brought in a the little beginning. Value. You there brought you, a little value. All right. There you go. I mean, you know, we, this is a work in progress. We're just like the team. <laughs> um, but we're hitting our stride, right? Yeah. And and one thing we do is without fail is go on tangents that take us away from the topic we're trying to talk about. What, so what, I'm going to do that now. What, oh, we're going on a tangent. I'm going to go on a complete. I'm going to take a complete left turn now. All right, here we go. I'm going to I'm going to hang on. You know who deserves a decent amount of credit for the Bucks beating the Eagles? Uh, God my, only knows. My mom. Why? I think I might have shared this before in post-seasons prior. But uh, my mom, who, who used to be really, really crafty, uh-huh. like, you know, people that sure. do all kinds of crafts, um, she made for me, uh, when I started working for the Bucks, she made for me about 10 ornaments to hang on your Christmas tree right. that are little fuzzy teddy bears yeah. with with football helmets on. So is your, your tree still up? I'll, I'm getting to that. And she painted logos. So we had all the end of, we were in the NFC Central at the time. So, yeah, so she had mostly the We had those teams faced. and then maybe like six others like Dallas, yeah. the Rams, that kind of thing. So, it is a tradition in my house when the Buccaneers are in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, 
and the trees up. Yeah. We take if we have a, a a bear from the other team, which now, I do have an Eagles one. Now, when you first started, the playoffs started. Chris, you'd be home for Christmas if you didn't make the playoffs. Playoffs were early. Yeah, and I'm not That's trying. Why your to, tree would be up. More. I'm not trying to claim that we're the best or getting our tree down early. Either. Okay, so nothing wrong with that. Um, so we would hang the. I do have an Eagles bear, and we hang the 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 Bucks bear next to the Eagles bear, but above it yeah. and kind of like on top of it, like it's winning. Man. And we did that. And we left. I told, I said to Giselle like a week ago, I'm like, I think we should probably take the tree down at this point. She says, we can't. We can't. We have to have the bears. I am so glad Giselle is on her game. And we don't even turn the lights on the tree off. Uh, We leave the lights on the tree until we're eliminated. Maybe we never will be. So when I was leaving this morning. The lights are always on? The lights, it's probably not a good thing for our electric bill, but we have been leaving them on. Okay. um, Throughout the night. Wow, and um, I like. I could not find a lion's bear when I got home last night. It was late. Oh, it was late. I might have missed it, but, but I'm right. sure I have it yeah. because I had all the NFC Central teams. Well, maybe tonight when you're refreshed. Because what time did you get home? Uh, I don't know, probably one. Yeah, I got home around one thirty. Giselle said she was going to go into the garage where we have um, our boxes of yeah. stuff that that had the Christmas decorations. See if it, see was, it just wasn't put on the tree. Yeah. Um, but I know we have one. But if we don't, we're going to make one. Oh. Uh, so we have to continue the tradition, but so until the bucks are eliminated, my Christmas tree is, <laughs> what is it? January 15th. Yeah, so it'll be uh, 16th. So February 15th, that's coming down. <laughs> that would be nice. That would be solid. I will do that service to all Buccaneer fans yeah. everywhere. You know, well, I don't want to get down that road. It's too early yet. I'll wait until we get there. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I don't know how to get back from that. It's like we went all down right. a road and, and it's uh, well, no. it dead ends and there's well, no way to U-turn. We're talking about the Lions. We're talking about how they stack up. They're a very physical team, but well, they're very similar to what you were saying that the Eagles were. They, they have a lot going for them. And unlike the Eagles, okay, there's a lot of similar storylines. Uh-huh. We lost the Eagles. They handled us pretty well in week three. Yeah. But those two teams... The Bucks now and the Eagles now are not the same as they were back then. No. Uh, we we lost to the Lions. They handled us pretty easily in week they six. Yeah. The difference is the Eagles came here on a slide. Yes. And the Lions are not sliding. No. I don't know if they're necessarily peaking. They only beat the Rams by one point at home. But that was a good Rams team, and Matthew Stafford That's, played great. Yeah, it was a great This is game. a bigger challenge. Yes. You think for them? This is a bigger – no, no, us. no. This game at Detroit, not just because it's on the road, is a big and, – and, and their crowd was – Oh, whoa. wow. Gosh, can you imagine – did you see the guy – did you see they were doing camera shots and uh, grown men, and I and I totally get why, uh, were in tears <laughs> that they finally are witnessing a, a winning game, playoff game at home since 1992, I think it Three, was. Three, I think. 90, Wasn't yeah. it 30 years? Something like that, but first, I, first uh, but, playoff win in thirty years. But think about that. You know, you could have been. Thinking. You could have been. You could have been a twenty-year-old guy cheering on the uh, the the Rams, and you're fifty years old and are cheering <laughs> out the Lions, and you're fifty years old now, finally getting your first win. I know. I mean, it, that would bring me to tears. I, I could see that. Um, yeah, the crowd was really, really into it, and you kind of. I I was going back and forth uh, who I wanted to win that game because of. Um, you know, Sean McVay's there. Raheem Morris is there. You know, so I was like, uh, you know, know those guys. Like to see something good happen. And then, 
and then you're thinking about the Lions and how they haven't had a win, and you kind of feel for the crowd, and they sold it out, and you know, you know, you have Eminem there for crying yeah, out loud. That was so, pretty cool. You know, I do, I do enjoy the music, you know, because it's Motown, right? right? Yeah. So everything they play is solid. However, you know, we were playing some some good stuff here. Uh, yeah. There was a song. I, 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 you talk about tangents. I'm going off the chart on um, during practice, uh, and I have to. I want to ask Todd this. They were playing the OJ's Backstabber. I know you started singing it as soon as you heard. The I know, and I'm trying to figure out why they were playing that song. I don't think it had anything thematically to do. Mm. It was just a song they liked. Yeah, that's when it was like something about they say this to your face. Yeah, they smile to your face. But, but they they're want the to back, take it away or yep, something. But they're the backstabbers. I think maybe 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 the idea was, um, yeah, nobody believes in you. The, the, oh, the media will come okay. here and be nice to, to you, you. But oh. when you're not around, they're writing these guys aren't. That's real. excellent because it was during that time. Now, I don't think our local media no. is guilty of um, being too pessimistic about this team. Well, I mean, here and well. there, it was more the national media. There yeah. were, I was, yeah. And, I, and to be honest, there were a few. To be fair, I shouldn't say blame. No. Because it's their job. It is their to job. To analyze and make opinions. And I, and and I they under, can be right and they can be wrong. Right. But I also think that when, you know, you're wrong, you got to admit it. If if you say something like, oh, I expect them to have 13 losses and they don't. Sports Illustrated. You know, you need to kind of, you know, ante up and go, wow, I was way off on that one. Way off. I, I, you know, I never saw that coming. I didn't see that in that team. That's pretty amazing. So I think you have to own what you say, and that's, that's not necessarily I think a the lot case. Of them do. Well, if, if you're in the media and being an ex-media person, you, um, yeah, you got to own it. You got to own it. But you're still, kind of a media guy. Yeah, but it's. You mean not on air? Not yeah. on air expressing well, opinions. Well, I mean, you're. We are. But there are certain things that I will not say. Yeah, but so I would because you work for the team. But I will also say this: when I didn't work for the team, there were certain things I wouldn't say. And the one thing is, I would never make it personal. Well, if you make it personal, you're in trouble. And a lot of that is what happens now. I I don't like I don't like when members of the media um, take it upon themselves, like they think it's part of their responsibility to call for a coach to be fired. Yes, I I don't I cover don't it. You can you can in fact. State your opinion that right. you don't think this is a good coach, but calling for them to be fired. Yeah. I, I've never been a fan of that. No. Now, you could say, hey, I disagree in the philosophy that they're having. You can even say you don't think they're a good coach. Yeah. That's part of your job is to make analysis right. like that. And, and you can point out why you think so. But mm-hmm. calling for a person to be fired, I'm not big on that. No. No. Probably biased because since we're on the inside, we don't ever want our coaches to be fired with one notable exception. Um, through the oh, years, uh, yeah. Through the years. Yeah. Um, no, no question. Uh, so you just, no matter how well the seasons have gone, I, I don't like to see those guys get fired. I think what happens, and, it, it, and it's happened just period in society right now, is people forget that they're, that they're, uh, they're people. And that's no, not only in sports, it's in everything. They're people. They have families. They have feelings. They have, you know. As Depeche, Mode, as Depeche Mode said, people are people. Mm-hmm. So why should it be that you and I should get along so awfully? Wow. Look at that. 
I dated myself. I that usually, one. Hey, big time. Uh, well, I did too. You know, when so I when I claimed the OJ's, come on. You, I've never even met you, so what could I have done? That kind of stuff. What I like about it is Scott's even giving me a little dance move on that one. I, I'm doing feeling it. the music. You know, um, sidetrack. Do you have a go-to karaoke? Have you ever done karaoke? No. I've done it twice. Yeah. I sang U2's One one oh, time. Really? And uh, embarrassingly, the second time was Hey Jealousy by the Gin Blossoms. Wow. That, that's like a very specific period of time when that song was big, I guess. Oh, I thought maybe it had a meaning nope. for you. Nope. Um, but I it will It wasn't very good. Yeah. But um, I did like, I did like, I, I didn't think about that. The backstabbers, maybe it is, but you know everybody's got a job to do. And what's the and, name of the band? Oh, the OJ's. OJ's. Oh, like, they had a lot of hits. Oh, is it? How's it spelled? O. Um, post. What? Dash. Da, no. I don't think it's one word. The OJ's. I don't think it's one word. Uh, it's it's O apostrophe. Apostrophe. Okay. J's. J's. Yeah, they had like Rubber Band Man. Um, Okay. No, I'm serious. Is this like a Motown group? Yeah, uh, I don't know if they were out of Motown or not. I, they, I, you know, let's look. Um, because we're going to Detroit, and I, I wish we were going a little bit earlier because I would like. Oh, their Love Train. Yes, yes. People all over the world. Yeah, that song? that's that's who they are. Ah, Very that's got to be their biggest song, right? Um, Love Train. I don't know. Forever Mine, Backstabbers, Backstabbers, Brandy. Oh yeah, that's... for the love of money. Mm-hmm. I don't have not heard of those others. Um, I've definitely heard Love Train. Let's see what I got. Uh, People all over the world join hands. Yeah, God, they're they're showing a lot I of stuff, but singing. yeah, um, yeah, you like that, huh? Yep. All right. Do you want to just kind of speed through the rest of my notes here since we've been going here for an hour and we got sure we got um, some questions. Let's to get do to. it. Um, okay. Um, the I think it was incredible that uh, the. Eagles did not convert a single third or fourth down. Wow. O of nine on third, O of two on fourth. Yes, fourth. yes. I mean, you're, not, you're not winning a game that way. Uh, I don't think you are. That's fantastic defense right there. That's the first time the Bucks have ever done that in a playoff game. Wow. It's the third time they've done it in a game, but the first time in a playoff game to help <laughs> hold an opponent without a single third down conversion. Crazy. Um, okay. Uh, you were talking earlier about Andrew and PR. Yep. Uh, I'm stealing this from him, but I'm giving him credit. Uh, he was taken – by how hard uh, some of our guys were finishing plays. Yeah. Like, think of Devin Tompkins mm-hmm. and Rashad White fighting mm-hmm. for extra yards. Yep. They, that, I think, is you, – you, you, it's hard to quantify how fired up a team is for a game or how into it they are. Yep. But you can see it in those moments when they're just fighting their butts off for extra yards. You did not see you it not only offensively doing that but defensively you did not see one person. They were all going. It was like a, a swarm so of So it was bees. a swarm, huh? Yeah, it was a swarm. That's what you want. That's it. Um uh, Palmer's catch yep. and uh and David Morse catch were two of our three longest touchdown catches of the whole year. Mm-hmm. So to get those in one playoff game is great. Yeah, David Moore pulled one of those off in uh, Green, Green Bay. Bay. Yeah. And it really kind of set the tone. Like when he did that in Green Bay, it kind of like like okay, th- th- on your way to victory. That's how I took it. And I felt that way last night too when he did stop that. That's just so irritating. <laughs> Clicking my pen. You know what people did? They just took their head their buds out and went Gosh. Oh, it wasn't that loud. Um, Tristan Wurst and Luke Gedeke were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Hassan Reddick, I believe I saw um, he Gedicki only allowed him uh, or didn't allow him any pressures. No. And then Wirfs only allowed one pressure in like 25 pass rush snaps against uh, Josh Sweat. Yep. So from the Baker was sacked four times. He was pressured on nine of his dropbacks, but Wirfs and Gedicki were great. Mm-hmm. They did a great I job. I thought Gedeke was going to get into it with Flex, Fletcher Cox. Really? Yeah. Uh, did you see the note that <laughs> the Packers have more playoff wins in the, the current Dallas stadium than the Cowboys do? I, did, I, I, I saw that. I love that. Yes. So I, I, I meant to text Wallers and say if whoever came up with that was awesome. I loved that game. Yeah, I did too. Well, you loved it so much that you texted me. Oh, I don't even remember that. You don't? What did I say? Uh, let me find where my man Scott. I was probably in the middle of enjoying the chili that I made. Oh, did you? You said you were. You texted me at six thirty-three on Sunday, and all you said is, "This is awesome." <laughs> I replied back, "I know it warms my heart." Yeah, that's right. I didn't want to go to Dallas. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, you, when you were talking about how you didn't know who to root for uh-huh. in the Rams Lions game, yeah. If you're not working for the Bucks. And you're just a dispassionate fan without a rooting interest. I think you got to root for the Lions for the reasons you said. Absolutely. But for the Bucks, a Rams win would have been better. Oh, because yeah. Because then we'd be home this weekend. Yep. Which would have been pretty dang cool. Would have been, well, you know what, that just would have been crazy. However, however, we haven't done well in playoff games with the Rams coming to our home stadium. That's true. So that's why I was able to live. 1979 and two years ago. 22. Well, it was a 2021 season. 21, yeah. Um, yes. So that made, as much as I, I thought, oh, it would be great to have it at home, uh, I did think of that. So, I'm, you know, but, I, you know, I'm not saying going to I think uh, it's a pre- Ford Field is going to be a no. piece of cake. No. No, I, I have a healthy respect for this Lions team. Yeah. Um, no turnovers in that game, none. None. I'll take us. If you tell me that neither team's going to create commit a turnover, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'd like to have some takeaways, but I'll take that because I think that's in our favor. Right. Uh, And then finally, you can't overstate how important your roster health is at this time of the season. That's true. And the Bucks and the Lions are both in very good spots right now. Mm -hmm. Their only real injury concern is Sam Laporta, the tight end, the great rookie But he's really good. He played in this last game. I know. He was a little bit limited, but I think he had a touchdown. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's really he's good. Really and good. tight end rookie tight ends almost never make the type of impact he's made this year. Mm-hmm. You only have four guys with double-digit touchdowns. Yeah, that's nuts. That's nuts. I've seen a number of their games, and they're they're a special team, they're, yeah, especially they, on offense. Yeah, they they really are. They uh, well, and they've they've really bought into what their head coach is peddling. He's. Hook, line, and sinker. They've, they've, totally, which I respect. Worked. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, health. I mean, look at the Eagles. They had a lot of different issues going on, but losing A.J. Brown in week 18 mm-hmm. obviously didn't yeah, help them. No. no. I, it, from, from after that game with the Eagles and, you know, uh, it just seemed like whatever was holding them together, it came apart. But in fairness, that didn't they lose one Coach to Arizona as a head coach, yeah, and then yeah. they lost. Uh, Steichen went to the Colts, and, and Gannon went to the Cardinals. So they lost two uh, their coordinators. Two of their coordinators, yeah. and but they started out ten and one, and they beat the Bills, the Chiefs, the yeah, Dolphins. I know, 
uh, speaking of when, in this health issue, the Dolphins are the opposite example. I mean, there were times this year where they looked like the most exciting team in the yep. league, and you're thinking this is a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. They kind of limped into the playoffs. I mean, Waddle and Mostert were hurt. I don't remember if they played. I think they did, but they'd been hurt. Right. They lost their top three pass rushers. Yeah. I mean, that's hard to get over. At one point, just before the end of the year, uh, the last game of the year, all three Florida teams could have been in the playoffs. And only I know, two, and of the us, Jaguars two of us blew made it. it. Yeah. And then. Well, we helped them blow it. Yeah. So. All right. You want to get to some emails? Yeah, absolutely. We got some emails. I like it. I like it. So relaxing today. I don't know why. I I'm, could be just because I'm tired. I'm tired. Yeah. I woke up at six this morning and, and just laid there and just said, why am I laying here? You know, this is stupid. I got up and started uh, looking and seeing what uh, what all was going on in the world of sports. Okay. I, here we go. Um, as I told you, as I teased, I asked for help uh, last week. I thought I was correctly using a word called stentatorian, which to describe your voice as author authoritative. Um, and then I tried to, you, you hadn't heard of it and uh -huh. I tried to Google it and it wasn't a word. Right. Uh, and so I asked for help on that. And? Um, and the first person, it wasn't the one I asked, but I appreciate it. Stephen from Amarillo. Didn't tell us to pronounce it Amarillo. It is Amarillo. I feel like it should be Amarillo. No, it's Amarillo. There used to be a song. But it's, George it's from the Hispanic word for yellow, yeah, which is pronounced Amarillo. Yeah, but, you know, you're in Texas, Anyways, so it's Texas. Amarillo. Okay, fine. Jeff Scott, he says, Jeff has a stentorian voice and should tell podcast listeners how to email questions and comments. You're welcome. Because that's what I said. You should be oh, reading it okay. because of your yeah. stentorian. I said stentatorian. Oh. And I gotta, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just admit right now. I thought that was the word my whole life. Mm -hmm. I didn't just misspeak last week. I really, truly, truly. thought stentatorian was the word, not I, stentorian. Are you, are you waiting to use that word? Again? Well, I, I'm gonna. Yeah, I have to try to get it right. Yeah. Uh, since you read this far, I thought the Bucks would get. To, I thought the Bucks would get to ten wins this season, like you did. Nice. Yeah. I really wanted them to beat the Saints, but it was very cool to give the Saints hope of winning the division and then snatch it away. <laughs> in the last minute. I like that. <laughs> I am planning a trip to Tampa this summer to visit family. Are there tours of the Bucks facilities or anything similar happening in early June? Stephen from Amarillo. We don't really give tours No, here. they don't do tour tours, but you can stop by and see the lobby sometimes. But it depends because June, it could be OTA times. Yeah, yeah, that, a lot has or a lot mini camp early yeah. June. So we'll be we'll be practicing. Mini camp, they don't yeah. really like to no. bring groups in when that's going on. Right. Uh, you could probably get a tour of the stadium. I know they do yes, those. Yes, they do those. You just all go to the um, TSA website. Uh -huh. You know what that is? Just, just Google, Google Tampa, Tampa Sports, Sports Authority. Authority. Yeah. Okay. And now here's the guy that I actually did ask uh, specifically to answer this question, and I and I was mistaken. I thought he was an English teacher. Uh, this is Philip Schwadron in California. Hey, s dogs. I'm flattered you guys thought of me. Scott, you were close. The world. The word is stentorian. And you said stentatorian. However, in the interest of full disclosure, Jeff, I had to look it up too. Never heard that word before. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I'm you. I'm not an English teacher, but I taught high school theater, specifically Shakespeare. Oh. So he knows a lot of words. To be or not to be. So I just sound like I know a lot of words. <laughs> uh. Well, you know a lot of outdated words if, you're, <laughs> if you know Shakespeare. Uh, I'm writing this before the Monday night game. I don't know what to expect. 
but I know that nine points against Carolina doesn't mean anything. The greatest show on turf only scored 11 against us in 99 mm-hmm. and still won the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I predict a win against the Eagles 24-14. Well, 32-9, not that far off. By the time you read this on the air, the game will be over, and we'll see how well I did with that. Keep up the great work, um, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Go. All right, this is Chris Sampson. Mm-hmm. Uh, or? <laughs> this is funny. He says, hey, Scott, Jeff, and Alexander from Brazil. <laughs> uh, okay, now this is great. This is great because this guy kept receipts. All right. So oh, in August, re- okay, let's in go. August, there we go. He t- sent us a list of the bets that he made to bet on the Buccaneers, and he won them all. Okay, so just as everyone understands, he's not an NFL employee. You can bet only if you're not an NFL employee. And but we like to read. this We can stuff. talk about him betting. Yes. Go ahead. This is fantastic. All right, let's hear it. Okay, so this again. This is Chris Sampson. He's from. He doesn't Vegas. Say. Newport Beach. Uh, California. Born and raised in Tampa, Hillsborough High School. Okay. Newport Beach, California. All right. Which is very nice. I've never been. Very nice. All right. Hey, Scott, Jeff, and Alexander from there Brazil. No questions for me, just a few follow-ups from my prior email. All right. I won every single bet that I mentioned before the season began. And this is he's forwarding from the original Joe. one, so the, it's in writing right here. Right. This was August 30th, and he made all these bets. Did, does he have the? Re, does he? Oh, have also, the, he's the guy who's a Georgia Tech alum, like myself. Oh, well, he's very smart. Um, okay, I won every bet. Bucks to win the division. Baker to have the most passing TDs within the division. Rashad White to have more than 750 rushing yards this season, and heavy bets on the opening game against the Vikings, with the division win scoring 8.5 to one. And Baker, I don't understand all this. Some of this, yeah, gambling lingo. And Baker with the most TDs scoring eight to one. I also won the Yellow Jackets to eight, upset eight to one. I believe for every dollar you bet, you get eight dollars. Okay. I also won the Yellow Jackets to, to upset UCF in the bowl game. I didn't know that was an upset. To be wow. honest with you, that was George. Yeah, Day. yeah, yeah. Right here in Tampa. Right. It's been a fun season. Lastly, a quick Chat GPT search. See below, and it looks like you were close to saying Stentorian. Again, yes, we've discussed this at this point. Right. I had no idea of this word, so thanks for making me smart, smarter. And so he he gave me the the uh, uh, dis- the exchange he made with ChatGPT, and okay. he said, "What word is Scott trying to use when he says stentatorium, and he is trying to describe someone speaking of authority?" And ChatGPT responded, "Scott might have been trying to use the word stentorian when he said stentatorian. The word stentator- the word stentorian." Describes a very loud, powerful, and authoritative voice. It's derived from the character Stentor in Greek mythology. I've never heard of that. I have never heard of that at all. Who is known for his loud and powerful voice. Well, I'm loud. Hopefully you read this after the Bucks beat the Eagles. And if not, it's been an awesome season for the Bucks and Yellow Jackets. And I look forward to the next one. That yeah. is a great email. That's a good one. And I'm glad. I hope you're rolling in the dough right now, yep. Chris. Congratulations. That's pretty strong. This is a guy also, I'm reminding myself of all this, who was on the student advisory board. Here with the Bucks way back in the... Oh, yeah. Around the Dungy Gruden. Sure. All right. right, This is from... We got two more. Okay. No, we got more than that. This is from, as Chris said, Alexander in Brazil. Ahoy, Saltineers. Hope this finds you both well and satisfied. Probably a little tired, I suppose. Correct. 
what period a period game exclamation point. It's great to see our team play like this. Great defense and offense that can go up and down the field and most importantly, put points on the board. Yeah. Have you guys noticed that on this game, we got a team scoring nine points in three different ways? On the first half, we got the Bucks scoring three field goals, the most common way, but we also had a touchdown. In the first period or first half? First half. He says first period. We we didn't. Well, really. does he mean first quarter? He probably means first half. We had a touchdown and a field goal in the first quarter. So it was 10 nothing at that point. I'm not 100% sure what he means by this. Okay. Uh, uh, the Eagles scoring a field goal and a touchdown with no extra point. So that's nine points. Right. And the Bucks scoring a safety and a TD with the extra point. I guess. All Bit right. of a stretch. Nothing to go <laughs> crazy about, but I thought it might interest you. Since you did, thanks for reading. Well, at least he's thinking. I like it. All right. Richard Terraoka. And I didn't even have to look at the pronunciation guide he provides this uh, time in San Gabriel. Okay. Uh Ahoy, Saltineers. They're both using that term. Now. I see now. Outstanding victory tonight versus the Eagles. Spoiler alert, alert I'm going to rant. Oh. With all the disrespect the Bucks got this season, how Derek Carr went to the Saints, so Saints will win the division. Tom Brady isn't with the Bucks, so Bucks are going to suck. And the Bucks signed Baker, blah, blah, blah. The disrespect still continues. Shortly after the conclusion of the Bucks eagles wildcard game, I received an email from an NFL shop com, NFLshop.com entitled Buccaneers Advance gear up for the divisional round. When I open it, an image of the Eagles jersey <laughs> and shirt saying Eagles advance pops up, and he he, he uh, attached Bet the image. He's right. Really? That's crazy. Um, that's not good uh, marketing. It's kind of <laughs> funny, and it pisses me off at the same time. Was it truly a mistake, or was it a Saints fan working for them trolling us? It's probably a mistake. Seriously, yeah. what do Bucks have to do to get some legitimate respect? It's a good question. Win. Yeah, but, I mean, we don't have it yet. Well, here's the problem. You say win, and you go, oh, yeah, that's, that's you know, you're going to get the respect. However, you know, the last four years, you, you've you been in the playoffs, and there's still zero respect. And One of only three teams. Right. And I think, and in fairness, I guess, in fairness, um, you know, Tom Brady came, and all the credit went to Tom Brady. And last year... Um, was Tom's last year. We went to the playoffs, got bounced out. This year, got nine wins. People thought that was disappointing, which is kind of crazy considering no one thought they were going to get three or six wins. Um, so, yeah, I, I just – it's just it's just what it is. I, it, it's funny because I was talking to um, Antoine Winfield Jr. about um, just – First team all pro. First team all pro. You got that right. You got that right, and that was nice. And I like, I like, I like his attitude because it's like the Pro Bowl. Yeah, who cares? This is the all pro. Like Ronnie in two thousand two. Yeah. So I, it just, it's just what it is. Just, I, I just kind of embrace it because I laugh when people, you know, are dissing the Buccaneers. It doesn't matter in the long run. No, because it you has know no why? impact on whether we win or lose. You know why? Because your team is winning right now. So enjoy it. Don't in worry fact, about what anybody else. In says. fact, the only impact it could possibly have on us is positive. Because if that's any added motivation for the team, then great. We, for whatever reason, this particular team right now loves being the underdog yeah, loves we about that yeah and so it's good uh 
Okay, as annoying as it was, as it is, I won't let it spoil this victory for the Buccaneers. You know, the team that has more Super Bowl wins than the Eagles. Yeah. Correct? But I will say this, too. It's better to be the Buccaneers winning like this than being like the Saints pretending like you won something. They fired their offensive coordinator today. Yeah. This game was great in so many ways. Wait, this game, game was so, so great, great in many ways, Richard continues. Uh -huh. Even if the season ends next week, hey, don't think that way. Ooh. There's much to hold my head up with this team and everything they accomplished this season. That being said, I hope the team keeps on shocking the world. Yep. Time to go to Detroit and return the favor of what they did to the Bucks back in week six. Uh, hashtag Bucks Revenge Playoffs Run. Yeah. Go Bucks, Richard. Yep. All right, Daniel from uh, Palm Harbor. Mm. Ahoy, Salty Dogs. Wow, what can I say? A complete game all through, although all those drop passes were not cool. Yeah. But, hey, a playoff win is a playoff win. Yeah, a 23-point playoff win. Isn't it great when, when something like that happens and you're all bummed because of all the drop balls and you're <laughs> winning? I mean, it's, and, I'm not you know worried what? about the drop balls because I no. don't think that's a chronic thing. No, and it also shows that in this particular instance – it could have bit you in the butt and you would have been going yeah. crazy about it. So you have to be very careful with it, but you were able to overcome those. So that's solid. Okay. He continues defense pitched the second half shutout and never gave them a chance to get back in the game. Uh -huh. And the offense did a great job too. Also, how about our kicker? He's a baller. Yeah. I'm glad we play the Lions next because we have a great chance of beating them. And if we were to lose to them, they have never won a Super Bowl and they will be one step closer. And I always root for the team that has never won a Super Bowl right. in the playoffs if the Buccaneers are not in it. Yeah. Anyway, keep up the good work. Sincerely, Daniel. Nice. Okay. Sam from Nashville. Dogs. In my best Jimmy Johnson accent, how about them Buccaneers? I can't do accents. Yeah, no, I can't either. What a great game. And not to give up a single third or fourth down on defense, man, that was fun to see. Plus, Todd, Todd Bowles can finally write that book on how to stop the tush push. Ooh. Oh, I, 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 I forgot I, about I just that, yeah. realized that I stole this when I was saying earlier that the key was to have Vita Vea. I stole it from Sam. I bet he was yelling at the yeah. podcast earlier saying, you took that from me because I did. I 100% did. I forgot that I read this. Oh. Because he says, write the book on how to stop the push Tush push two and in parentheses basically have Vita Vea. Yeah. So yeah, that was you. And if you well, were mad at me earlier, Sam, I apologize. This is your thought, not but, mine. But in fairness, if you follow the Buccaneers, you're pretty much thinking having Vita Vea makes the difference. I know, but I thought that was kind of a funny way to say that, and I completely stole it from him, but forgot that I did until now. Okay. And yes, there are plenty of accolades to go to the offense and defense, but McLaughlin and Kamara deserve a ton of credit also. Mm -hmm. Quick question for you guys. Are we about to have a crap ton of guys tie for the second most playoff games played in franchise history uh, with nine? I know Evans, Godwin, Dev, David, Wurst, Winfield Jr., Golston, et cetera, will all get there in Detroit. I think Barber and Brooks lead the team with 11 each, but is there someone with 10 postseason games played? Thanks for the great podcast as always, and let's crush the Lions. Okay. Wow. I have the answer. And? He's a little bit off. Um, we have seven guys. Who have played in every, all eight games so far in the, since 2020. Okay. And so all seven of those guys can get to nine if they do, and they will. I mean, unless, knock on wood, someone gets hurt in practice. Right. Uh, those seven, and I'll read their names in a minute, uh, would tie John Lynch, Warren Sapp, and Carl Williams for uh, at nine. But that's fifth. That's fifth on the list. Wow. Uh, Derek Brooks is the only guy at, with 11. 
So the reason you think probably, Sam, the reason you think that probably Barber tied him is uh, Barber was on the team for the same playoff run, but he didn't play in the first 1997 playoff oh, game. Oh, right. He didn't play right. in the Detroit game. Right. So he's at 10, as as are Mike Allstott, who didn't play in the 2007 game that Derek Brooks did, and Shelton Corals, who also didn't play in the 2007 game that Derek Brooks did. Right. So that's how he's on top. Okay. And then Lynch – John Lynch, Warren Sapp, and Carl Williams are next at nine. Seven guys can get there and will. Mike Evans, Levante David, Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, Will Golston, Anthony Nelson, and Zach Trinner. Well, I wouldn't have got Trinner or or <laughs> Anthony Nelson. I would have made you guess, but we're pretty deep in this. Yeah, no, I would not. I would not. I would have got the uh, first five, but not the last two. Well, Godwin in his email, Godwin he has Godwin. That's incorrect because it was either one or two where he was hurt. Hurt. Yeah. So he didn't play. Right. Um, but he's correct. And Worf's also missed a game due to injury in mm-hmm. 01 or 02, so he's not on the list. Winfield missed the NFC Championship game in 2020, so he's not on the list. Wow. So he, he was correct on Evans and Golston and David, but didn't have the two corners, Carlton and Dean and Anthony Nelson and Zach Turner. There you go. That was a comprehensive answer. You're welcome. Very much. All right. Well done. Last one from right. Rhett. Brett. Uh, the guy from Alaska. Uh. Dogs. I'm writing you from a different account, but it's still me shivering my timbers up here in Alaska. I wanted to bring to light, if it hasn't already been discussed, the possibility of a pretty awesome storyline as our Buccaneers battle through the playoffs. It dawned on me last night after we dismantled, embarrassed, and shot out of the sky the Philadelphia Eagles that our path through the playoffs could be one of revenge and redemption. Last night, we beat the team that defeated us in week three which leads us to Detroit, who also defeated us during the regular season. He says last night, but it like that game would have kicked off around 3 o'clock in the afternoon in Alaska. <laughs> I think they're like five hours behind. Maybe not. Four or five. Aren't they in the, just in the Western time zone? No, but they're over more. You think it's like right above California, but it's really not. Is it parts of it are in the different time zones? I don't think so. They're closer to Russia. Well, it is but true it, that Alaska is the... Easternmost, westernmost, and northernmost state in the, yeah. in the if you count the fact that they crossed the Dateline mm-hmm. um, with those Aleutian Islands. Okay, so go ahead and uh, so he says. I have to find my spot. Three o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, uh, okay. A win evening. in Detroit could lead us to San Francisco. Yeah. For the NFC Championship game, who also beat us in the regular season. Right. Now bear with me. On the AFC side, there are two possible scenarios that could lead us to another revenge game. The Super Bowl against either the Buffalo Bills or the Houston Texans, who did what? Yes, right. you're correct. Both beat us during the regular wow, season. Wow, that would be kind of crazy. So it's it? possible, if, yeah, for our Buccaneers to go through the entire playoffs and exact revenge on each team that defeated us during the regular season. The Super Bowl plundering, my fellow Celtic dogs, would be epic. Wow. You're, you're hearty and faithful Alaskan Buccaneer, Rhett. Rhett, that is really good. I like that. I'd love to see that happen. That is I mean, cool. I want to win regardless who we're I playing. I wonder if that ever happened. Well, but that'd be hard to figure out if that ever happened. It didn't happen in 2020. We hadn't played Washington, uh-huh. but we did avenge our loss to New Orleans, two right. of them. And we avenged our loss to Kansas City, but we had beaten the Packers already. Right. Um, so, wow. That's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. Very, very, very That's cool. it, Jeff. All right. Very good. I guess he's not thinking that Kansas City's getting to the playoffs. Well, he's just saying these are possibilities. Yeah. No. I, Kansas City might might have some issues because they have to go on the road now. Buffalo. First first road game, playoff right. game in, for Patrick Mahomes. How crazy is he's that? He's at neutral site, play at Super Bowls. Yeah. But, but first time that he's had to play on the road. environment. 
That'll be a hostile environment. Oh, no kidding. No kidding. Um, you know what's kind of crazy is that it's going to be 36 degrees here in Florida on Saturday. What? Yes. How crazy is that? Well, it's going to be 20 in Detroit. Well, that's why I bring it up. So there's only like a 16-degree, uh, oh, well. Boy, I hope yeah. we can handle the cold weather during the game. Uh, wow. Didn't let it go. It is chilly in there, though, you know. <laughs> they turn the AC on? I, no, it's just cold, period. Wear a sweater. Wear a sweater. Wear a sweater. Where's what? I was, you know, it's funny. Last night they were, they were predicting it was supposed to be cold last night, I, but I did. Last night wasn't cold. No, but I had a pullover over because it's always cold. Everybody's very happy box. to realize this. All right, what else you got? Anything? No, I'm done. Okay, very good. Well, we're off to Motown. Since you did, thanks for listening.